What is up, everyone, and welcome into ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night here on Dallas on the Man Sports Talk Network at 8 p.m. Central. With a lot more content coming your way throughout the entire season, make sure you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. We've got new Cowboys articles every single day over there. Do me a favor. Let's open up this show by letting me know you're great. Grade the Cowboys move to land Anthony Varr in the chat. If you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, drop your grade for this move because honestly, I like it and we'll break it down tonight. Uh, I applaud this move for the Cowboys front office. So let me know what you guys uh, think about this move. But anyways, as you join the stream, also do me another favor and hit the like button. Share the show. If you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, let your friends know about primetime. Remember that every like puts this show in front of more Cowboys fans. So anyways, I like the optimism in the chat. 7-Eleven goes with the A++++++. <laughs> Michael with the A, Gregory B+. Uh, Samuel Rose, he has a 64 PFF grade. And I know maybe that doesn't sound like much, but that's actually a good grade from PFF. He also has a, an even better grade when it comes to the pass rushing department, which is a huge part of this signing. Make no mistake about it. You're not going to see Barr play exclusively as an off-ball linebacker for Dallas. And we'll talk about that more tonight. B+, plus, C-, minus. it feels like... The, you know, the floor is C minus and maybe the, the, the ceiling is A plus here in the in the YouTube chat and the Facebook chat. <laughs> There's an, you know, Toxic Tom has has had this username for a while now, Toxic Tom Downey Burner account. But now there is a Skywalker Steel Burner account. That is Tommy. I know who he is. Welcome to the show as well. But anyways, tonight, and, and I will give them an A minus because, you know, we can complain about how the Cowboys approached free agency in general. But you need to grade this move as it was today. Re you know, regarding the context of the Cowboys today without taking into account previous moves or lack of moves in free agency. If we're going by what has happened tonight or, or you know, what is happening today for the Cowboys, I am giving it a... A minus for Dallas. I, I think this needed to happen when reported interest by the Cowboys in Anthony Barr was, uh, first emerged in social media and the news and all of that. I thought it made a lot of sense. We had a show about it. We talked about the George Edwards connection. We talked about the fact that it wouldn't be an expensive signing for the Cowboys. And we talked about the fact that the Cowboys were pretty thin at linebacker. Pretty much one of the top needs for the Cowboys was getting a linebacker because maybe they've got people to start, but they needed more depth because beyond Jabril Cox, beyond Leighton Vanderish, there was pretty much nobody. And I know Micah Parsons needs to be accounted for, but Micah is a player that will play both edge rusher and linebacker. And if you want to have the freedom to play him wherever you want to play him, you need to give, you know, Linebackers, some depth. You need to have options, both on the defensive line and at linebacker. Now, there is a money side of things as well. And we'll talk about how Barr fits the scheme and all of that in just a few moments here. 
But man, this is a good deal for the Cowboys. It is a one-year deal. It's worth up to $3 million. That's including incentives, according to multiple reports around the NFL. So you're paying reasonable money for Anthony Barr. This is not an expensive move for Dallas. It is pretty reasonable because $3 million is the max value of the contract. In reality, it is a $2 million deal, according to Todd Arker from ESPN. That's the base value. And then it's got inset incentives that can take it up to $3 million. You know, and that's pretty much the same as what happened with Leighton Vanderish when the Cowboys signed him to a one-year deal. Something similar with the Dante Fowler deal as well at Edge Rusher, but that one is worth up to $4 million. So the Cowboys are, all, as always, looking for this bargain deals in free agency. Now, important reports out there, and Michael Gelkin, for example, is uh, had one of them from Dallas Morning News. As always, Gelkin putting in the work. It turns out that Barr left more money on the table elsewhere. And why would he do that? Because of the fit that he can find in Dallas under George Edwards, who is a coach that he knows pretty, pretty well. George Edwards was even the defensive coordinator in Minnesota for the Vikings and Dan Quinn. And it makes a lot of sense because when you, when you speak of Anthony Barr, you speak about a guy like Michael Parsons in the sense that he can rush the passer and he can do it for, from plenty of spots. And of course, I'm not comparing him to Michael Parsons because Micah is clearly one of the best defensive players in the NFL after his rookie season. And, you know, he will likely develop into an even better version of Micah. But I'm referring to the versatility from Anthony Barr. And just let me show you, uh, because, you know, Dan Quinn has been an advocate for playing players in multiple roles. We'll talk more about this, by the way, when we get to Marquise Bell here on the show in a few, in a few minutes as well. But look at some of these pictures from Anthony Barr. These are specifically for pass rushing snaps. You see Anthony Barr there in the upper left corner in the A-gaps. I cannot wait to see, all right? I cannot wait to see a play in which we get Michael Parsons and Anthony Barr both mocked up over the center, threatening the A-gaps. I got to tell you, I'm so excited about that possibility. I am just freaking out thinking about that. Anthony Barr rushing from there, uh, a little bit off ball. He's going to get the B gap on that picture on the right upper corner. You can see him over the guard as well in the game versus the Rams. You can see him on the edge. Think about the possibilities under Dan Quinn with this guy. And don't get me wrong, he's going to play a lot of inside linebacker. That's probably going to be his main role. Well, there's a lot of stuff you can do with Micah and Barr. So it's not that I'm super excited about Barr because he's an elite player or anything like that. I don't believe him to be that. I don't believe him to be one of the best linebackers in the NFL. But it's about the possibilities that it opens up for Dallas. We had this show not that long ago on primetime about signing Zacharyst McKinley. And I was talking about wanting more flexibility 
in how you can use Michael Parsons. Anthony Barr provides just that. And one of the things that I like the most, and I'll get some of these comments in a, in a, in a minute here, but the one thing that I probably like most about this move is we have complained a lot on offense about the Cowboys not having an identity, not having something that clearly defines them because, you know, it's a double-edged sword when you talk about Kenlon Moore getting a lot of plays in and being creative and taking plays from other teams and from college teams and NFL teams. It's nice because you can do new stuff every single week, but it also affects you because you don't have something to fall back on. You don't have something that you dominate whoever you're facing uh, who, in whichever situation you are in, like, for example, the 49ers and the Rams do with white zone runs. The Cowboys do not have that on offense. But on defense, we are starting to see a real identity. And it's not a cheesy one like, I don't know, they are tough and they can play smash mouth football. It's not about that. In reality, it's about hybrid players. Because you've got Jaron Kears playing on this linebacker safety role. You can, you've got Michael Parsons doing it all for the Cowboys. You've got even like under the radar players like Durant Armstrong, who suddenly are playing over the center or suddenly drop back into coverage as a defensive end. Above the center, on the edge, wherever he is lined up, he can do everything. And the Cowboys defense... Is might be a tough one to predict because they can show you similar pre-snap pictures over and over again, but several of their players can do different stuff. And Dan Queen recently on the Doomsday podcast, we talked about it not that long ago on the show here, actually last night, I believe. Uh, I lose track of what we have talked about and when. Sorry about that. But Dan Queen talked about increasing the amount of these guys is that they show opposing offenses on that podcast. So he was talking about differences between year one and year two. And he was saying that one thing that he wanted to do a little bit more was disguising the coverages, disguising what they wanted to do. And when you have a combo like Barr and Parsons in which whichever of the two can rush the passer, whichever of the two can drop back into coverage, from whichever spot, whether they're lined up as the off-ball linebacker, whether they're lined up in the A-gap, whether they are lined up on the edge, or they can both rush the passer, the possibilities are pretty much endless. And you can adjust week to week. And the Cowboys defense suddenly has a big-time identity. It's not only about having the players, it's about knowing how to use them. And I love that about this Cowboys team. And I, uh, if there is one thing that I am confident on moving forward is that identity for the defense. I went on a rant there, a positive rant. Uh, it's over. Don't worry. I will get, in, I, I will get to, to some, of the, some of the comments here on the show. <laughs> Toxic Mauricio Rodriguez burner account. <laughs> All right, we already have one for me as well. Uh, Professor O, what is up? He says, leave a like or I am going to get extra toxic. I don't know how you guys change your usernames this quickly. Like, I, I wouldn't know how to. And I am supposed to be, uh, you know, a young 
tech savvy kid, I believe. <laughs> Bruce got the use says, Mo, do you still not think this is a defensive led team? Ah, I, I maybe for the 2022 season, for the 2022 season, you have to say yes, it, it might be a defensive led team. I just do not know if oh there's another Mauricio Rodriguez burner account already. What is up? Um <laughs> uh, maybe for this season you, you need to say that it is. I don't think, and we'll get into the criticism now, maybe. I don't think this Cowboys team has an identity over the long run. I don't think it does. I, I don't think that it necessarily has a three-year plan or a five-year plan as far as who they want to be. I don't believe that exists in Dallas right now, quite honestly. And maybe it sucks to, to put it that way, but I don't believe that they have a project like maybe the Rams did or the 49ers did in which they are truly looking ahead with a clear picture in the front office's mind as to who they want to be. But for this season, you're probably leaning towards the defensive identity. And that's something that Jerry Jones said after one of the practices recently. But once more, actually that comment is what spurred that conversation on Cowboys Twitter not that long ago. The fact that Jerry Jones suddenly was out there talking about being a defensive team. And it's like, all right, I'm excited about having a top-tier unit on that side of the football. But also, we paid Dak Prescott what we paid Dak Prescott. And of course, I'm not complaining about that. You guys know that I am a, a Dak Prescott supporter 100%. That was the right move. But you are planning on eventually paying CeeDee Lamb. You are investing on your offensive line. You paid Ezekiel Elliott back then, even though it was a mistake to give him that contract specifically, you, you're supposed to be an offensive team, at least over the long term. And I believe, I still believe that that is the way to go in the NFL. Right now in the modern NFL, you are more likely to get to where you want to get if you build an offensive identity as opposed to a defensive one. Just based on how easy it is to sustain offensive success versus how easy it is to versus how hard it is to sustain defensive success all right let's see some of your comments here uh six to midnight says tom brady is four and oh against us so it doesn't look good that's the week one matchup for the cowboys hopefully this time they get the better off of tom brady and company i'm excited about this game by the way i know it's um i know it's a mm, a tough one and i know it's a repeat of last year's week one and maybe it's the least original answer as far as which game are you most excited about question that people throw out there but yeah i i that would be my answer honestly but that's because immortal asked i see where that comment came from now uh immortal says do you think we will beat tampa on week one who well do not consider this an official forecast of the game because it is way too early for that but right now i would lean towards tampa bay i would i i think the week one cowboys will have so many question marks 
and the Tampa Bay Bucks might have less of them. However, Ryan Jensen out for the season with a knee injury. Uh, Tristan Wirfs was also dealing with something. I'm not sure what that ended up in. Actually, I need to get an update on that. Official Mauricio Rodriguez burner account. <laughs> it has the official now. Uh, says, I personally guarantee that we will beat the Bucks week one. <laughs> there you go. So that's my extra official answer, maybe. Hoping Nishan and Bland are re really, really get a fair shot, says Lauren Michael. Sounds like they are in practice, but it also sounds like it will be complicated for either of them to crack into the starting rotation just because it sounds like Anthony Brown, Jordan Lewis, and Trevon Diggs are having a strong camp once more. Parsons Diggs defense says Barr has help on this defense. He can play well here. Yeah, I'm excited about that one. We've just had cramps, this uh, official burner account. Nothing major. They did lose their center for the season, though. Yeah, Jensen is out. So thank you for the update on Werves. I just uh, remember that he had to exit one of the practices, and I never knew. I never found out what the update was over there. Toxic Tom says, Mo, it is hard to get hyped on a guy who has played 13 games in two years. It is. I get that. That is a criticism that I will fully, you know, understand and respect but he did play 11 games last season you know 13 games over the past two years sounds terrible but 11 games last season doesn't sound that bad so hopefully he's able to remain healthy he's able to remain healthy for for dallas let's see isaac i want cake alarcon <laughs> says imagine if damon clark can play this year you would have Barr, Parsons, Jarrell Cox, and Clark. Yeah. And the Cowboys, at least the front office, sounds confident that the rookie will be able at, uh, to, to play at some point in the year. It would be a surprise. It definitely would be. But, you know, just cross your fingers and hope for the best. Now, just to, just to uh, move on from the Anthony Barr conversation quick note this is the deal he's getting one year up to three million dollars the roster spot that he takes belonged to aaron hansford undrafted free agent out of texas a&m he was waived he didn't get a chance to compete at all in training camp because he started on the pup list remember that he had a a calf strain back in june during minicamp so Hansford was a rookie that we were somewhat excited about. We thought that he could, could compete for a roster spot through special teams because he is quite an athletic linebacker. He passed his physical and he was immediately waived afterwards, according to the Dallas Cowboys public relations team. And that's the spot that, you know, Anthony Barr will take. I will say, I will say that I wasn't expecting that. So when, when Hansford got waived, my initial reaction was wide receiver because that's been the conversation in our minds the last few days since James Washington went down injured. I, say, I, I, I thought to myself, well, they're going to do it despite their public comments. They're going to get help at wide receiver. Or maybe I thought 
maybe a kicker. Maybe they were they were so uninspired by by the kicker competition that they're going to add a third body in training camp. But no, it ended up being Anthony Barr, and I couldn't be happier about it. I, I honestly liked the move. I still believe they need to do something about a wide receiver. I still believe it's not enough, but more on that later here on the show. That's more Jerry Jones diversions, says 60 Midnight. Clark is going to play sooner than expected. Well, but, you know, the Jones are actually saying that, that he is going to come back at some point. So, more than a diversion, I would say that it's optimism. Todd Cook says specifically, our wide receivers and swing tackle will be the biggest problems because that's what Joe said over here on the Facebook chat. Our offense, our biggest problem. Right now... Sounds like it is. Sounds like it is. Now, speaking of linebackers, there's another player, actually, that could be a part of that group and provide a lot to the Cowboys' defense, by the way. It's Marquise Bell. I will say that I am usually lower than, than most people when it comes to undrafted free agents. It takes me a while to buy into undrafted free agent storylines that they are going to make uh, the roster. We've had this conversation before on primetime. But Marquise Bell, man, oh, man, he sounds like an absolute roster lock. Question for you in the chat, truth or false, Marquise Bell is a roster lock for the 53-man team. You know, today there, there was this press conference for coordinators over there in Oxnard. And man, did they like this guy. And Dan Queen, it was no secret that he liked the rookie. But he talked about it tonight, uh, today, this morning, and it became even more clear to me. Todd Cooks is false on Facebook. Uh, Toxic Tom says false. Immortal, however, 6 to Midnight, Hamzone, Truck Matt, uh, Gregory, Quesh Blake, uh, Asmodeus. I, I'm sorry if I, you know, butchered that pronunciation, Blake. Let me know if I did, please. Darth, everyone going with true. True, true, true. Lauren Michael says on Facebook, yes, he is. Bruce got the use. Jason Chavez says straight up luck. And honestly, I will agree to that. I will go with true. And just look at this quote from Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn was talking about Marquise Bell, and he, you could notice the excitement. Quinn wouldn't, of course, obviously, he wouldn't say that he expects him to make the roster because a coach would never say that on a press conference. But here's Quinn's quote. He is somebody that can handle multiple roles, both back there at safety and down near the line of scrimmage as a linebacker. That's what Dan Quinn said. And then Dan Quinn even joked, but it wasn't really a joke. He, he, he confided that he wanted to draft Marquise Bell as a linebacker. But then the Cowboys get their guy. It wasn't clear if he meant in the fifth round with Damon Clark, or maybe he meant in the seventh. I would assume he meant in the seventh when the Cowboys get Devin Harper out of 
Oklahoma State. And after they get their linebacker, Dan Quinn said that in the war room, he turned to people and he said, you know, Marquise uh, Bell could be a heck of a safety. <laughs> so he just wanted to get Bell on the door and he wanted him on the Cowboys. That's significant. If Dan Quinn really wanted to draft this guy, that is significant when we're having the conversation about that 53-man roster. Plus, you've got the guarantees thrown uh, Bell's way to get him in undrafted free agency. And you've got your defensive coordinator. Rewind to what we were talking about earlier, who has given this defense the identity of versatility, the identity of hybrid players. And he's talking about a guy that he looks as a safety and as a linebacker. Two positions that the Cowboys could use depth on. Honestly, I will say truth. I will say that Marquise Bell kind of sounds like a lock to make the 53-man roster. Now, he still needs to earn it. He still needs to go to training camp and actually show that he can hit. That's something that Dan Quinn mentioned in the presser. He said, you need to get him in multiple situations. And for example, we'll figure out how hard he will hit during the preseason. By the way, it starts tomorrow with the Hall of Fame game. Raiders versus Jaguars. We complain about it not being real football, yet we will sit down and watch the full four quarters because we are seacoast like that. Just call me Blake, bro. Says, uh, says Blake. All right. All right. I will do. I, I will do that. Bila says he'll be there on the 53-man roster. Just like Keanu Neal says Billy. Eltino says Bell is another hybrid. And that makes a lot of sense. Lauren Michael says Mukwamu will be cut. You know, I still like Israel Mukwamu. I would, I would like to see him on the roster, but he is definitely in danger of getting cut. He is definitely a player that needs to raise an eyebrow or two to make the team. Todd Cook says, okay, who's our backup free safety? Wilson never worked out before. Who is our backup free safety? That is a very good question, honestly. Mukwamu has experience as free safety, so there's there's a possibility. I think that Donovan Wilson will be more of this hybrid. I think that your starting trio of safeties are Malik Hooker, Donovan Wilson, and Jaron Kears because the Cowboys will use a lot of three safety looks this season. So when we talk about starting safeties, we might need to talk about three of them, not two of them. Let's see. Rodney says, a receiver is not a problem to me. It seems you should secure our offensive line, giving Dakota Prescott the protection needed, and then everything else will fall into place, almost like the jab in boxing, the punch that sets everything else up, says uh, Rodney over there in, in YouTube. But you still need talent, though, at, at wide receiver, and the Cowboys have talent, but... You also need experience because betting on a lot of these unproven players is quite risky because when you get into those game situations, who knows how they will respond. You can see how they respond in training camp during practice. You can see where they respond, how they respond during preseason, but it will not be the same either. Probably when the Cowboys will get more answers out of this whole thing, 
He's in the joint practices with the Denver Broncos, with the Los Angeles Chargers. That might be when we get a lot of answers out of these young wide receivers who are unproven. Now, it does seem like they are set at offensive line. Whether we like the plan or not, uh, they're likely not making any changes anymore in that front five. The, the, the offensive line from left to right is set. Tyron Smith, Tyler Smith, Viadish, Zach Martin, and of course, uh, Terence Steele on the right side. Dallas Jones says, why not just take a shot on Will Fuller? I would. I would, Dallas Young. So hopefully they're listening to us. Hopefully Jerry Jones is here tuning into primetime and reading your comment, man. <laughs> David says they will sign a wide receiver. Hopefully you're right too, David. Let's see. Toxic Tom says, I would say I am 60-40 on Bell. Want to see him in a game though. Dan Quinn also wants to see him in a game. So Toxic definitely has a point there. Now, before we get out of here, I did want to touch on this topic because when Kevonta Torpin, USFL MVP and most recently a Dallas Cowboys wide receiver, got signed by the team, I had my doubts. I had plenty of them, actually. Uh, I didn't know what to make out of a 155-pound receiver in the NFL that has no experience in the NFL, even though he's not a rookie and that has had off-field issues. So when they when they uh, signed when they signed this guy when 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 they got uh, Kevon Turpin, I had plenty of doubts about him making the 53-man roster. A few days removed from that show in which we talked about it on primetime, I, I need to say maybe I was wrong. And I'm not saying this because anything that I've personally seen from Turpin or anything like that, but just listening to the way the Cowboys coaching staff is referring to Turpin, it sounds like they like him like him. On one hand, you had Kellen Moore on the podium today talking about how he sees a viable role for Turpin on the offense. And he talked about him returning kicks, but he said, but he could have a role on the offense. And then you had John Fassel, and the Cowboys, keep in mind, do not have another solid proven option at, re at kick returner or punt returner. The other guy getting reps is Jalen Tolbert. And you got to wonder, with the amount of, of snaps that you're going to ask Tolbert early in the season, are you going to, one, risk him, two, uh, maybe overwork him, and three, are you going to trust him that much? Because he, it, it isn't like Jalen Tolbert shined as a returner when he was in college in South Alabama. And John Fassel even went as far as saying, I was super excited when we worked him out. I wasn't in, you know, in Frisco, but I volunteered to go back. He was with his family in Idaho, but he was so excited about getting Turpin and working him out that he wanted to fly into the tryout to see it personally. And then he mentioned, I have been eyeing him or he's been on my radar, something like that since 2018, since Turpin was out of TZU. 
in college. This coaching staff might love Kevante Turpin. So something to keep an eye on. I will say I am starting to feel like I was wrong about my prediction of Turpin not making the 53. So something to keep an eye on, uh, an eye on during the rest of training camp. All right. Let's see. Holly says Tyreek Hill is that small. But the thing is, he's not, though. So Tyreek Hill, and I will uh, look up for him right now. Tyreek Hill is not 155. So maybe in height he is, but Tyreek Hill is 185 pounds. And, and 185 pounds is good for being in the 19th percentile in the NFL. I would assume, and the 185 that I am looking at is from mock draftable. So this is from when he was a prospect coming out of, uh, of college. I, I have not looked him up in the, in the Chiefs roster so far. But yeah, definitely not, uh, not heel size though. I have not found a single player, and I might just be obsessed enough to go into each of the NFL's rosters to try to find somebody that's lighter than Turpin. I'm, I don't think that I will find somebody, though. Not even a kicker. Like, Nashawn Wright, I talked about this earlier in the week, or, or maybe it was at the end of last week. Nashawn Wright is 185 pounds, and he was a light, and he's a second lightest player on the Cowboys roster right now. He's got 30 pounds on on and on Tarpin. Uh let's see here. Dick's defense's bones weights more than Turpin. Eltina says Kevonti no doubt Turpin so he's got a nickname a nickname already special teams and slot receiver. Todd says Kellen Moore sounded like Turpin was a lock. I agree. I agree. It sounded like it. And then you had that Jerry Jones quote from a while back in which Jerry Jones was asked about Tony Pollard's role. And he said he needs to do things like we will do with Kevonta Turpin. Like not the other way around. And I thought that it was weird. So yeah, a lot of a lot of weird things uh, out of the coaches, out of the front office that suggest. So now uh, a question there about Darren Sproles. Holly says, was Sproles bigger? He was, and by a lot as well. One eighty-seven pounds out of college. He he might have been even heavier towards the end of his career. Uh, he might have been over two hundred pounds actually. John Jones says turpentine. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see. And we'll also see whether he puts on weight or not, or whether the Cowboys want Turpin as he is right now. Because he could add some weight maybe from now until the regular season. But then how much did that does that take away from his speed? And Eltina says, you can't hit what you can't catch. But he will get caught. He will 100% get caught at some point returning kicks. And what will happen then? How much? How many times will he able? Will he be able to to get up after after getting hit? They might need to play Rocky Balboa a lot in the, in the Cowboys locker room, so he's motivated enough to keep getting up. I guess 
But anyways, ladies and gentlemen, that will be it for me tonight. It was a good show. Uh, I'm excited about getting Anthony Barr on the Cowboys. Do me a favor, and if you enjoyed the show, if you're still here, hit the like button. Share the stream. Every like puts this show in front of more Cowboys fans as we continue to grow the ADC Sports Dallas community. And by the way, huge announcement from ADC Sports tomorrow morning. Make sure you are on the lookout for that. And it will come with a personal announcement uh, uh, myself of my, about myself. So some of you might already know what's, what it's about, but I will share a personal announcement with all of you tomorrow night as well. Hit the like button, share the stream. No one cool thing tonight for two reasons. Number one, I forgot <laughs> because there was it, it was a loaded show. And number two, because we might include it on the show tomorrow night, some way, somehow. The only spoiler alert that I will give you is it is not this. I did not buy the Cowboys. But hit the like button before you, you leave the stream. And I will see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Central. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for choosing to listen to Prime Time. Have a solid, solid Wednesday night. Bye-bye.